Hello and welcome. This is Search for Truth, your Bible teaching program with teacher Brian Johnston. Thanks for tuning in. Now, in this series, Brian has been presenting the Bible's good news of the gospel in different ways and from different standpoints. This time, we apologise sincerely if we hit a sensitive nerve if you've recently been bereaved. But Brian's subject for today is deathbed conversations. Both believers and unbelievers are included today because everyone, of all faiths or none, must exit this world by the same route of death, unless, of course, the Lord returns to take believers who are still alive into heaven. Now, here's Brian with Deathbed Conversations. Thanks, John. We talk about people wanting to have the last word, don't we? But I don't suppose there are many, if any, who want the words that they've just spoken to be the last they'll ever utter. During evangelistic crusades that were held in London in 1883 and 1884, the renowned preacher D.L. Moody once threw down the gauntlet to all the atheist clubs there, challenging their members to come to a special service to be held exclusively for them. Thousands came, curious perhaps, but certainly determined to make a fool of this upstart American preacher. Once in the pulpit, Moody preached from the Bible verse that's found in Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse 31. This is what it says. Their rock is not as our rock, even our enemies themselves being judges. He then proceeded to tell story after story from his repertoire of bedside conversations with dying men and women, both believers and unbelievers. He spoke with compassion and devastating effect to a full hall and called on his sceptical audience to judge for themselves between the deathbed statements of believers and the deathbed statements of unbelievers as to whose rock was the best. As he continued preaching, God broke through in these free-thinking hearts, and from that night until the end of the week, about 2,000 atheists were drawn to the Saviour, who is Jesus Christ. If we were to do something similar to what Moody did then, we'd tell of the 18th century French Enlightenment writer, known as Voltaire, who cried out in death, I am abandoned by God and man. His nurse, who was witness to his torment, said she never wanted to see another infidel die. Not for all the wealth of Europe, she said. Voltaire, one of history's best-known atheists, often stated that by the time I'm buried, the Bible will be non-existent. His actual last words were, I am abandoned by God and man. I shall die and go to hell alone. His condition had become so terrible that his associates were afraid to approach his bedside as he passed away. A few years after he died, the Geneva Bible Society purchased Voltaire's home and turned it into a print shop to print Bibles. Sir Walter Raleigh was an English aristocrat, a writer, soldier, courtier, spy and explorer. 
One especially well-known for making tobacco popular in England. He was a favourite of Queen Elizabeth, but greatly disliked by her successor, James I, who ordered his execution. When the time came, the executioner was advising him how best to place his head. When Raleigh replied, It matters little how the head lies, my friend, so long as the heart is right. And so ended one of the more colourful characters of the Elizabethan era. Speaking of which, Elizabeth I was the last monarch of the Tudor dynasty in England, being the daughter of Henry VIII. Dying, she famously said, all my possessions for a moment of time. But that's one thing money can't buy. One report says she grabbed the sleeve of her physician and pulled him down over her bed and said, half of the British Empire for six months of life. He couldn't even give her six minutes, and she died. I also found these words about Stalin's deathbed scene, as related by his daughter Svetlana to Malcolm Muggeridge. This was Stalin, who murdered millions of his own countrymen. While on his deathbed, he suddenly sat up, shook his fist at the ceiling, as if he could see beyond it, and then fell back and died. He had denied God's existence. And so you have to ask, to whom was he shaking his fist when he came to die? That reminds me of Julian, the apostate, who was a Roman emperor who hated Christians and was leading his forces in the battle for Persia in 363 AD. He was mortally wounded, and as he lay dying on the battlefield, he picked up some of his own blood, mingled it with dirt, then flung it skywards and said, You have conquered, O Galilean! That being a reference to Jesus, of course. Michael Faraday of the 18th century was an English scientist of whom another scientist, Rutherford, stated, when we consider the magnitude and extent of his discoveries and their influence on the progress of science and of industry, there is no honour too great to pay to the memory of Faraday, one of the greatest scientific discoverers of all time. This great man Faraday was asked, when he was near death, what are your speculations now? He answered, I have no speculations. I rest upon Jesus Christ, who died and rose again from death. Contrast that with the case of Thomas Hobbes, a 17th century English philosopher, who said famously when on his deathbed, Now am I about to take my last voyage, a great leap in the dark. Sir Walter Scott, the sceptic, said, Until this moment, I thought there was neither a God nor a hell. Now I know that there are both, and I am doomed to perdition by the just judgment of the Almighty. President George Washington of the United States said at the end of his life, Doctor, I am dying, but I am not afraid to die. He then folded his hands over his chest and said, It is well. Michelangelo, the famous painter and sculptor, said at the end of his life, I die in the faith of Jesus Christ and in the firm hope of a better life. The final words of David Brainerd 
a well-known missionary, were these. I am going into eternity, and it is sweet to me to think of eternity. Talleyrand, someone who has been called the most brilliant mind of his generation, when asked about his condition while on his deathbed, replied, I am suffering the pangs of the damned. William Pitt, the renowned British statesman, said, I throw myself on the mercy of God through the merits of Jesus Christ. Charles Haddon Spurgeon, famous preacher and author, on his deathbed said, I can hear them coming. He sat straight up in bed and asked, Don't you hear them? This is my coronation day. I can see the chariots and I'm ready to board. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, German theologian, standing in front of a firing squad during World War II for speaking out against Nazism, said this, This may seem to be the end for me, but it is just the beginning. Sir Julian Huxley, English evolutionist, biologist and staunch atheist, on his deathbed said, So it is true after all. So it is true after all. P.T. Barnum, the circus magnate, on his deathbed asked, How are the circus receipts today? César Borgia, a famous writer and politician, was a meticulous planner. He planned everything down to the minutest detail. When he knew that he was dying, he said, When I lived, I provided for everything except death. Now I must die, and I am totally unprepared and unprovided. Adams, the infidel, said, I'm lost, lost, lost. I am damned forever. His agony was so great that as he died, he tore the hair from his head. And what of the American preacher, D.L. Moody, who set us off on this very train of thought? While on his deathbed, he asked, Can this be death? Why? It is better than living. Earth is receding. Heaven is opening. This is my coronation day. I think you will agree that it's safe to conclude there's a very great difference between the last words of believers and the last words of unbelievers. Let unbelievers with their final words be our judges.
Thanks for your talk today, Brian. I don't know about any of our listeners, but among many other scriptures, I take my confident faith from Psalm 23, verse 4, that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you, God, are with me. I'd like to remind you that there's a transcript book of all the talks in this series, which would be helpful if you want to pursue further study. So please let me remind you how you can freely receive a copy. Firstly, it's available online and you can obtain one by downloading a copy from churchesofgod.info forward slash media. Alternatively, you can write to us and request a hard copy book be posted to you. Just ask for the title, It's Not Fake News. And don't forget to include your postal address so we know where to send it. You can use email or the post, and here's our address. Search for Truth, Hayes Press, The Barn, Flaxlands, Royal Wotton Bassett, Swindon, SN4, 8DY, UK. Our email address is sft at churchesofgod.info. Now, many thanks for giving us your time today and for the pleasure of your company. I hope your week goes well, and I'd be delighted if you join me again this time next week to hear our next talk in this series, which is called The Lever of the Gospel. But for now, it's goodbye and very best wishes from our Bible teacher, Brian, our producer, David, our singers and me, John. So see you again soon. And in the meantime, we wish you God's richest blessings.